and welcome back to Having a Gab, your new favorite topical podcast. I am here today with Mary Thompson, CEO and creative genius behind Georgie Swims, a luxury swimwear label and sustainable fashion startup. It's high-end, it's glamorous, it's amazing. Hi, Mary. How are you? Hello. I'm good. How are you, Gab? I'm really good. Um, it's hot as balls here right now, yeah, like 40 degrees. We have the door to the studio open to get the aircon in here. So I apologize for any background noise, but we're trying here. <laughs> oh my God, it's so hot. And like praying for those, you know, people in the rural properties and anyone who's devastated by the fires right now, yeah. it's just, you know, catastrophic. And it's awful. Yeah. I hope everyone out there donate to the RFS. Um, the link is in my bio on Instagram and also on the Having a Gab Instagram bio. So please be generous. And if you can't, there are other kind of donations you can make. So make sure you go check that out. Yeah. Anyway, back to the topic at hand. So we were supposed to be recording this episode yesterday, but Mary. <laughs> <laughs> there was a bit of an incident. There was a bit of an incident. Um, um, so what happened? Please tell me. Um, my car battery went flat. Went flat. Yeah. So who are we blaming for this one? My boyfriend. <laughs> Dean, so, you know, you did this to us, but it's all right. We're here today now and it's fine. We can get it yeah. done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So tell me a bit, a bit about Georgie Swims, I guess. Yeah. Well, Georgie Swims is my baby. Um, it's over, oh, it's about four months old now. I've been working on it for over a year. Amazing. Um, it's everything that I wanted to create. It's supporting all women, you know, really. All body types, all all, shape sizes. Yeah, just making sure everyone feels, you know, included. It's a product for the ocean, from the ocean. It's made from recycled plastics, um, fishnets, bottles. Tell us a bit about that. That's freaking awesome. So it's like obviously your focus is on sustainability and slow fashion. Um, So how did you you know, create this fabric from recycled plastics. Like, this is huge. Yeah, it is. It's such a, like, move in the fashion industry. We're so lucky to have it. It's um, an Italian fabric where we haven't actually been able to make it. On shore. So it's made in Italy. It's it's a little bit luxe. It is luxe. It's beautiful. No, I have felt it. And i got to say, guys, I actually... um, I did a photo shoot for Georgie Swims and I got to wear a variety of different pieces. And I have to say, I don't think I've ever felt so beautiful in some Mm, swimwear. Like it it just like held everything in right. And the lycra was thick and it was, um, it felt luxurious to the touch. And I was genuinely surprised when I found out it was made from recycled plastics because mm. I don't know, I guess this is pretty naive to think this way, but I'm sure a lot of people have thought this way. Like, ugh, you know, yeah, like, ugh. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. what's it's, it going to feel yeah. like? Is it going to be like dirty? Like, obviously not. But like, that's, yeah. that's what the thought no, is, right? so fair. So yeah. understandable that that is like the stigma around it. But, you know, it's... I guess we have to let that go anyway because like we need to move toward this kind of Well, exactly. Recycling. You know, we see this climate change, you know, affecting Australia Right, right now. now. Yeah. And change needs to be made in whatever industry 100%, you can. 100%. I think, you know, there are people out there doing some really great things and there are br- big brands out there that need to be doing better things. Yeah, you guys are taking over. You, yeah. Your grassroots approach to, to sustainable fashion is yeah. taking over. So, like, yeah, I'm really proud to be able to use this um, fabric. It is, like, it is more expensive. It's an expensive fabric. You know, shipping's expensive, you know, so you, you can understand why. You know, smaller brands don't use it because it is an investment. It, and it also creates like a higher price tag for the does. buyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It affects every aspect. But you know, I I wanted change and I wanted to make change. So this is where I wanted to start. Um, yeah. So you're really playing with um, the mentality here of the, the sort of the like, this is going to sound strange, but the moral high ground. You know, like. Tapping into the, to the, the conscience of people and being like, yeah. you could buy 20 suits for 60 bucks from, I don't know, I'm not going to name and shame, but let's just say Shein. And then, <laughs> or you could buy one piece of quality from Georgie Swims that will last you more than one season. Well, yeah. yeah. So I'm for that. No, definitely. And I think like that's a hard battle, you know, to go, I have $20. I can either put that towards saving for something that We'll get it now. Yeah, and I, yeah. that's such a hard thing. That instant gratification yeah. is such a big part of our lives these exactly, days. Exactly, you, know? you know. We want it, we can have it. Yeah. Thank God for Afterpay. <laughs> <laughs> so we can have that we luxury piece. We do have piece. Afterpay. Yeah, <laughs> yes, go but, to you guys. Um, I know I actually Afterpay something. So I know that. <laughs> but yeah, guys, I paid $13, what, a fortnight 
And that was like for like also you had a dope say a lot of the time, but yeah, yeah like I mean, I I feel like I was the biggest hypocrite when it came to stuff like this. I was like the consu- ultimate consumer, like buying every kind of trend you could get your hands on and wearing it once or it falling apart. And then like, you know, it, it's been an absolute yeah. waste. And it got to one point where I was like, okay, so I have a wardrobe or multiple wardrobes full of crap that I don't touch. None of it's quality, all of it's quantity. And I just started like culling it out and, and, yeah. and you're pairing it back a bit. And so I started buying vintage. I buy a lot of designer vintage. Um, awesome. And... Yeah, like, I don't know. I got to the point where I kind of had to wake up and go, all right, so I'm not a vegan. That's how I'm not contributing to the, you know, to sustainability and to to the climate change cause. I'm going to have to change other things. So I changed the way I bought. I started buying more consciously. And and I've noticed this sort of transition toward, you know, slow fashion Mm -hmm. over fast fashion. And I feel like fast fashion is kind of like clawing at its like survival here. You saw Forever Twenty One shut down. You know, you've seen H and H and M and and Topshop. Topshop. The struggles of these fast fashion labels, and I'm here for it because, like, with with the abundance of of the internet and our ability to buy yeah. things off goddamn Instagram, like, why can't these smaller grassroots companies pop up and you know engage yeah. us consciously? If we can't be vegan, if we can't you know afford to donate this amount of money, X amount of money to whatever, or to support the cause, yeah. you know. Take these little steps in your own life. hundred percent. I don't think it's about doing everything. I yeah. think it's about doing something. Something, at least something. Yeah, just yeah. one thing. And yeah. own it. Whether it's buying a cake cup and using your cake cup and like doing that it's religiously. Just, it's yeah. just one It's also thing. a more sustainable approach to sustainability. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. it's like well, it's unsustainable to expect everyone to change a hundred percent of things overnight. Yeah, 100%. It's like like you said, just change what you can now yeah. and work towards other things. And I think once, you know, one thing clicks over in your brain, like, you know, just changing that one little part, everything else you kinda of go, actually like it's You start yeah, to reflect. Yeah. You start to think more deeply, it's just, right? Yeah. It I don't know, it's a flow on effect. It <laughs> Oh my god, I'm drinking, sorry. <laughs> it's Kirk's guys, sugar free. But yeah, I'm sorry, go on. Sorry, go on. I only burped into the mic. Um, yeah, no, just that. I think, you know, it sparks conversation. It sparks thought. And, yeah, yeah, that's right. And that's all we can really ask for. Yeah. yeah that's exactly it. Um, so moving on from sustainability and sort of looking more at, you know, diversity and diverse representations. Yeah. You did touch on that a little bit earlier. So I'd like to, like, dive into that more. Um, yes. Love it. Firstly, your campaign... Um, Shot up in Shell Bay, you had about six models, was it? Um, I think it was five. So five mo- beautiful models. It was meant to be six. I was supposed to be there, but I was my last master's placement. But anyway, we got to we got to we got to shoot. Yeah, you got to shoot. Um, but it was beautiful, and um, you had a variety of heights, a variety of sizes, and like I mean, the modeling agent, modeling agency, the modeling industry has changed. Yeah, agencies have changed too, but the yeah. industry has changed. You know, especially with. Part of me, the influx of social media and the ability of people to represent themselves as mm, a brand online. For sure. Yeah, you get this diversity. And so I'm just curious, like, how did you find these girls? Like, they're beautiful, stunning um, women. Instagram. <laughs> I love it. Yes. I, I have booked so much work for Instagram myself. Like, yeah, it's the I best. think it's a great tool. I yeah. Really you um, see what vibe they're rocking. You see the kind of energy they're producing yeah. in their own, like, you know, gram grid. And then you can go, does that align with me? Yeah, for sure. And I think as well, like, my goal in that was to make sure all sizes were represented amongst our size range. Yeah, love and it. I think that was so important because it makes sense, right? Why every, would you show a size six yeah. if, you, if you stock a size six to eighteen? Show the eighteen too. Why doesn't she matter? Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think, like, on a sales point of view as well, it helped because you know people go, oh. I relate with that girl and that looks great on her. Why wouldn't it look great on me? Love it, it yeah. It kind of takes out that – trying on swimwear is hard. Like oh, my God, anywhere yeah. is hard. So it kind of takes out that guesswork a bit of feeling So it looks good on her, but I'm also 10 times her size, so will it look good on me? Yeah. Yeah, I have that – yeah, I feel you. You yeah. know what I mean? And I'm curvy. I'm not – I've got a hard body and – Your beautiful body. Kirby's beautiful. All kinds of bodies beautiful, are beautiful. But, yeah. you know, when you go to shops, even Seafoil, you go, oh, my gosh, you know, it fits in all the wrong places. I've got a size 6 waist but a 10 to 12 arse. Like, yeah, it's that's just, it, yeah. So making this product was really about hitting all the right things. Yeah. 
as best I can. Swimwear is hard. It it's is. just like it's underwear so that we're, we, you know, we wear in front of everyone. Yeah. And it shows off everything. Uh-huh. And, you know, not everyone's comfortable with that. And I feel like swimwear is taking this really deep dive into a shoestring. <laughs> yeah. And look, I love my shoestrings. Don't get me wrong. I'm a big fan of the shoestrings. Minimal, you know. Yeah. But, minimal, but at the same time, not everybody wants that. Yeah. And we can't just have... I guess we can't just have brands following a trend because it leaves out all the people in between who are like, well, that yeah, trend doesn't suit me and exactly. it doesn't suit everyone. Well, that trend doesn't feel and comfortable on me. I just don't want my ass hanging Yeah, out. I don't and feel comfortable doing that. No, yeah. and, like, I get that. I feel like, you know, it's cool when you're in your backyard for me, I'll do that. Yeah. Not out on the beach. And I'll that's be 100%. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's 100% that. an individual thing. And, yeah, that's absolutely it. Yeah. Not everyone's comfortable doing that. Yeah. yeah and so. I think that's great that you guys represent... You know, it's not just following trends. You no, sort of it's, yeah, I'm inspired by... Classic silhouettes. And, yeah, yeah, big European designers I love, and I wanted to, you know, put that into my design. I didn't just want to grab what everyone else did and be like, ta-da, collection, I wanted to really work on it. And It doesn't know, feel cut and paste. Your, your collections don't feel cut and paste. You know, you can tell when you look at a brand, you go, you've just sort of, like drop ship this yeah. whole look you know what I mean yeah. or you've you've created this based off what is current um yeah Jody Swim's kind of I have to say you guys do sort of cut your you know you have a distinct like design hand yeah which I want I need I absolutely that. and because you and know it's uniquely yours what I just want to do I want to branch out and you know you have to have that same handwriting throughout your whole like brand name so I really wanted to make sure that I had a distinct look. Yeah, that could be yeah, remembered. translated. Yeah. So, and that's a hard thing to do. It takes 300,000 designs down the drain. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, so it's not just it's not one like, drawing. Yeah. And <laughs> that's it. It's not like overnight success. Yeah, it's no. years of, of changing and, yeah, and, and tweaking and that doesn't work with that. Yeah. That fabric doesn't work there. That little bit of detail doesn't suit. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So that, that's been – it's been great to grow through that. Um, I've met amazing people, my pattern making and all, all the people involved in the process. So who, really... who would you say is your biggest creative influence then? Oh. <sighs> I don't know. I find creativity in lots of weird and wonderful places. Like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. What about designers? What kind designers? of... Oh, okay. I love Alexander McQueen. Yes. He... So my personal style, if I'm going out, would be Alexander McQueen meets Zimmerman. It's like... Dark, flowy. Yeah, it's kind of a mix of both things that don't go together. I love like, that, though, and when I, I see that. Yeah. I love... I love them both, and I love joining them together. I think it's that such unification a, yeah, between two such like different. Yeah, looks. really harsh, and you know he's got all the skulls, and I love it. And I the love spikes, it. And spiders, and then you put it on a floral and, dress. Yes, and, like, yeah, that juxtaposition is yeah. like powerful. Yeah, I think things like that are really cool, and I think that that design inspiration I get from that has really shown in this collection of. You know, it's dark colours and... 100%, yeah, know, I see softer. that. Yeah, there is a bow there. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And that bow lifts it to, like, a girly, feminine sort yeah, of place. Yeah, and now I can wear it as a bodysuit, and you know what I mean? There's all those you know, elements that. that I really wanted to try I and bring in. I don't know what this says about me, but, like, three of the designers in my life, you included, take, like, most of their influence from Alexander McQueen. So that's cool. And, like, that's not exactly common either. Like, he's pretty avant-garde. Yeah. And, and yeah. So that's awesome. I love that. I love him. Yeah, he's incredible. Yeah, the whole team. It just, yeah. (laughs) So I have to ask, and this is a question on behalf of my very close friend, Mitch. (laughs) (laughs) Would you consider doing men's? I want to do men's. I love menswear. I was trained in menswear and. I love that. Menswear is and even yeah, just I'm making it like unisex wear. And like, I like I go shopping for my boyfriend all the time. Like I don't shop for myself. I just don't. I I can't find anything I really like. But too picky because you, you're I a designer am, too. It's like I, I can make that so, better than that. Yeah. <laughs> or I'm like, oh, I'll just make my own print and put it on a shirt. Like I can do it. Myself. Oh my god, I have a friend who does yeah. that too. Bless. So I go shopping and I'm just like. I just am not satisfied. And I think that's where lots of my creative drive comes from is 
that feeling of being, I'm not satisfied. I want something better. So yes. definitely men's. I think it's getting boring. Yeah, I get you. I Women get you. Shorts, yeah, like what, printed what, top. What Mitch sort of said to me was like, the budgie smuggler is not cut for everyone. Oh my god, no! It needs to he be. He was like, give cut. me a high cut boys, you know, um, boys brief in some freaking like Versace Galliano or like yes. um, Gianni Versace print Miami Vice. Give me that with like a flowy top, mm. like, a, like you know, button up t shirt really that can cool. be worn over it, similar really pattern. Cool. Really like camp, yeah. but also like. Like, for everyone, for the yeah. heterosexual too. Like, like that fluoro boy cut doesn't have to just be for, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, no. no, I'm, that's something I really want to get into. I, like, diverse women to diverse men too. I think it's such a cool avenue. I think there's so much you can do in menswear and I don't think it's being tapped into. My dog, sorry, my dog's at the door <laughs> snorting and I just made a face at Mary like, oh God, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's... Sorry. I'm sorry. No, that just threw me no, right no, no, off. No, so, yeah, like, so, yeah, so looking at men's bodies is diverse as well. And, mm, yeah. For sure. I think there's no, not everyone's that buff Bondi body. It's yeah. true. Not everyone's a Tony Abbott and a body smuggler. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and some people just don't want all their junk out. That's it. Same yeah. with women. And I think, you know, I think... Oh, you'll be hot. A men's high-waisted brief. Laced up. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, I can see this. Yeah, this is like... No, a, definitely something I'm pursuing. With some, like... Yeah. yeah that's awesome. Oh, my God, yeah. I love that. Miami Vice. Big, bold prints. Yeah. We're heading over to LA very soon, so it is Get definitely something I want to take over there. How and exciting. Yeah. would love that. I'd love to see that. Um, amazing. So you're a young entrepreneur and this is a pretty big milestone and a pretty big career step. Um, I'm curious, has it, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of people who are young and who have started business mm-hmm. or who are like on this path and this grind towards success. And as mm-hmm. we know, there's no such thing as an overnight success. It takes years of hard work. And then all of a sudden one day you're there, right? Yeah. And then everyone's like, it was an overnight It was overnight. Mazel. It's like, no, it wasn't. I've been yeah. busting my ass since yeah. I was 15. So I'm just curious, like with this immense drive and like, yeah. you've, you're obviously the kind of girl that goes what you want. And I admire that. And that's, you know, you're resilient, you're hardworking. How has that affected your relationships? Does it? Have you lost yes. friends? Have you gained friends? Have you found that, like, relationships are a lot more complex? How is it sort of – do you find that they're more valuable, that you need them more now in, in your career? Or how's, how's it kind of worked for you? Well, it kind of makes you a bit lonely at first. It does. It makes you really isolated, and that's really hard because – People don't tend to understand No, that they well. don't. And it's just you're working – you wake up at 8 a.m. If you don't have a schedule, I found I didn't have a schedule at first and I was just all over the place. Yeah, because so, you're your own boss. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're your own boss and half of us are working from home, let's be honest. So yeah. it's, <laughs> it's hard to be like, oh, I'm going to work now or I'm just going to watch work television. Mode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I... Just like, going to put on my pajamas and go to the couch <laughs> and put my laptop out. This is... Yeah, it doesn't feel yeah, like... Yeah, no, got that so structure. you need the structure and then with that and working at home you know you can work to all hours and you start to push yourself harder because you're at home I may as well be working why am I sitting here doing nothing so have that switch off time too so I think you need to be diligent with yourself because you do find yourself working a lot but as far as relationships you know you get your judgy ones which are like why are you doing this yeah I find that's tall poppy syndrome hey it's like just let someone thrive and if you like girls support girls boys support girls boys support boys you know the whole shtick like we all should just be uplifting and I think you know just weird things like people asking, oh, how are you affording it? It's like, I have had a job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have worked quite I hard. This. Yeah, I don't feel like yeah. I have to justify, justify why I'm doing this. Um, That's hard too. Cause people, people, yeah, yeah, people telling you their opinions and, you know, people do mean it out of a good place, but, you know, there's those comments where you're like, oh, that wasn't needed. Yeah, I <laughs> so get you. I think, like... So how do you fi- how do you manage to, like, look at the positive over the negative? Because obviously you've got always going to have your mm. critics and your supporters. How do you how do you try and focus on the positive over the negative? I decided to do it. <laughs> yeah, you kind of just You decided to do that. it, so you kind of... You're going to get the good with the bad. Even if you work for someone... So what would you tell someone who's thinking to themselves, I want to do this, but I'm scared that my friends are going to judge me or my family are going to be like, you're an idiot. Like, why are you doing this? It's a waste of time. Go to Mm. uni, do this. 
what do you tell the person who wants to be an entrepreneur who's young and who is too scared to take that step for, for you know for the fear of the judgment of everyone else around them no one's gonna do it for you no one's going to do it for you there's always going to be someone who's like that's a terrible idea and at the end of the day if it's what you want to do you're going to fight through the shit. Yeah. And you will fight through it. And it's like what Mama Roo says. Yeah. If they're not paying your bills, don't pay them no mind. Exactly. A hundred percent. And, you know, it's hard. There's some days where you're like, why the hell am I doing this? I want to quit. I, like, had a week of that. And then the week before Christmas, it was, like, really hard. hard. Yeah. It was so hard. Micromanaging and, a million different yeah, things. Yeah, and you're trying to have a life. You're trying to see people who you haven't seen in six months. And, you know, people are mad that you haven't seen them and it's it's a lot and you know people talk shit about you then talk shit about your business because they think it's not where it should be and that you failed and you know you just you got to keep getting up in the morning (laughs) you got to keep going put that tunnel vision on and be like you know f to haters (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> basically to a point yeah you yeah. know take family. on like obviously constructive criticism from oh, those yeah. you know who mean it but don't let the haters get in yeah and you know exactly that you know who's telling you criticism that is from the heart you can yeah. tell you can it's it's easy to I tell. get you so I know what you mean take that on but brush the other quarter of ducks yeah. back yeah they're all spiders in a cobweb brush I them off you. I get you I love that yeah. so what are some misconceptions about having your own label slash having a fashion startup that you'd like to clear up oh god there's a lot isn't there it's like a list i could roll a scroll (laughs) and be like where should i start yeah um i don't know that it's easy is it (laughs) that working from home is an easy job oh god no it's probably the Uh, hardest job in the world yeah i always hear oh my gosh you have the luckiest job you get to work from home oh Thank you. <laughs> Except I work 48 hours a day. <laughs> and then I feel guilty for, what, for giving myself an hour off for lunch. You know, oh, like, I don't take a lunch. I've never actually taken a lunch break, even when I worked for people. I just would work at my desk, like yeah. eat at my desk. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, like, more like, as we were talking before about being diligent with yourself and also giving yourself yeah. time to switch off and on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like I feel guilty when I have to switch off yeah. and it's like I should be doing this or I could be doing this. Go see the sun. I think that's one thing I would tell people is like I don't know what vitamin it is, D. Vitamin D, yeah. Vitamin D. That Go out there and soak that up. Just for with 20 SPF minutes. On. At least 20 minutes. You just need – your eyes need a break. Yeah, so the mis- biggest misconception is that it's easy. It's not. Yeah, it's not. Um, um, I like that. Okay, what, what else? That- on our side hustle, we're not side hustling. <laughs> You've got a million hustles. You're doing everything. You're yeah. You're, yeah, you're spinning every plate. Yeah, you are. And you know, I'm currently working on the Australian market whilst trying to work crack international. Yeah. yeah, and that's huge. Do you know how many people tell me you'll never make the LA market? <laughs> it's I could I could write a yeah <laughs> write a long list. You and me both. Yes. I love lists. You and me both. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So. You know, we're always trying new things and, you know, it's not easy. It's um, – you have to pick yourself about, up on the floor. What the about floor. financially? What what kind of misconceptions do people have about – I've heard people say, like, oh, you need a huge amount of capital to insert to begin with. Is that true? Or do you, like – Yeah, you do need yeah. money to start. You yeah. do need money. And I've been really fortunate. I've been able to work. I've been able to save. Yeah. And I have a very, very supportive family. Not so would you tell f- people, like, work that side hustle, work that, that customer mm. service job you got to do to, to, to follow your dream do of having a startup? Do whatever you can do yeah. to be able to – if, you know, your dream is to have a, your own business, you've got to – Try every option, and it's know. not it's not shameful to work a second job. No, in fact, it's, it's admirable and it adds to character. It also means that if you're working in customer service, you can uh, sneak out little cards about your yeah. business. You can tra- draw up clientele. Yeah, you know. and you know if you're you've got access to an email base, you know. Oh my god! No, we did not just say that. <laughs> that is wrong. Ask for permission for that first. <laughs> no, but you know, it's if you. Know, I know what you mean. Like foster good relationships yeah, foster, in your field. Yeah, and. It's all if so if you work a face to face job and you're you Yeah, they you get, get to meet to know the people you and yeah. you can, you know, see how the conversation Because you if, worked in fashion, didn't you? I did. While while saving mm. for this. So it's gone from like so you worked in the behind the scenes of fashion, you studied in fashion and now you've started your business in fashion. I've always stayed in fashion. So you I just, think I'm very 
lucky. I think it's also a good idea to, to balance, if, if you can do it, if it's doable, to make your, like, quote-unquote side hustle, like your side job that pays the rent in the same field as what your, what your startup's so going to be in. I think if you can try and stay in your industry, do that. Um, it just keeps connections. Yeah, it, I mean, keeps it all contributes. Yeah, yeah, it keeps everyone, you know, and then – you can call in favors. I've called in lots of favors. Yeah, I have to. I kept every every business card someone's given to me, and I've, uh, I've definitely and 100%. I would do the same if and somebody think, needed my help. Oh, a hundred percent. And I think people come in your direction, and you meet people for a reason. I don't think people just turn up. I like that. I, I agree. I, I think you know that accountant who once gave you your card <laughs> will come in handy and that person who... And you may be able to help them too. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I think it goes both ways. And the amount of people who have done so much for me in my business as a young and business... And through networking. And through networking and just saying, hey, I need a hand. Yeah, wow. Like um, my SEO guy. Most people are willing to help too. Oh, yeah. Most and creatives, I, think, I, I, I can't speak for other industries purely because we are in creative industries. Yeah. I know creatives... We we band together, power yeah, people, do. and I'm really like I'm proud of our community for that because we do get like left in the wayside when it comes yeah. to, you know, being regulated by some kind of ombudsman or I don't, I don't know some I, kind of financial. Oh yeah, and I don't think control. it's but yeah, we, we we're a rag trade. You you have to hold your own back, and you don't really have someone looking out for you. Like so, I think when good people come your way. You want to help them, and someone along the lines helped you. Someone on the, along the lines so I guess held that's your like back a... and got you to where you are. So I think you know you try and return the favor where you can because. So biggest thing is connections, Make, yeah. making fostering connections with people, and not just for purely for gain, but but for the genuine like banding of a community in a creative field because we can all yeah. you know help one another. And I think we learn off one another. Absolutely, too. I think we learn all our lives. Collaborations, yes, don't just fall into place i think collaborations come because and they shouldn't there be was a shunned either absolutely i feel like people like go oh collaborations but they're working for free but it's like this is how you grow your um your creativity and you yeah. bounce ideas off one another I'm, and like oh, i'm not even talking free collaborations i'm just talking sitting down with a friend someone creative and going what about this idea what do you think where can this take me what and then you just sit and you talk and you yeah. bounce and you go and you get to an end result that you never thought was even possible. Yeah, like, I agree with you. I feel like I feel like I, I agree with this so much because I did my master's in education and obviously yeah. we, we fostered a belief within education that um, collaboration is so important because we don't know – we as an individual, we do not know everything. We do not think more than – like we, we think in a limited amount of ways. If we can yeah. talk to somebody else who can give us other ways of thinking, it's invaluable. You don't just like attain a point in your life where you know everything or yeah. you are the master of something. Mastery is like this constant journey of, of learning and growing and we need other people to help us yeah. do that and we can help them. It's like so important to be open-minded in that respect. Yeah. So I love hearing you say that and like I feel like that's a really good takeaway message yeah. for our listeners or anyone who wants to get into having their own business, whether it be in fashion or, you know, music or tutoring or yeah. whatever. It's that, you know, be be kind to one another, collaborate with one another, listen to people's opinions and how they can help you because you don't have to do it on your own. And to be honest, you can't just do it on your no, own. you can't. It's impossible. But I did hear this one amazing – I was listening to a podcast. I can't remember what it's called for the life of me. But this um, girl went to a – it was a big, like, convention. And anyway, this – one guy knew her and was like, you know, your business is great. There's a hundred employees or something, but they're all women. Why are they all women? And she was like, I like, I just wanted to support women. And he was like, oh, that's interesting. But you know, you're missing out on having men there too. And I thought, you know, that's such an interesting little piece of, cause I like, you that. know, lots of people bring so many different things and men do bring different ways i feel like that's very regressive to be like only women i understand like putting the focus on women when it comes to things such as violence domestic violence it wasn't like don't cut them out of the workplace i know you mean ambitious and she actually came it was like girls support girls yeah she came away from it and she was like i was wrong yeah and i I like that that. and i was like that is but she will succeed for thinking that way for thinking i can learn from that and like you know people will say 
bad, terrible things we don't need to listen to and take on. But, you know, there's those little pockets of advice that come up and you're like, Absolutely. Why didn't I think of that? Oh, that is so good. Yeah, I think it's always, like... It's great. The mark of, like, not even just an intelligent mind, but a person who's, like, willing to learn, who's woke, is being able to take on an adverse opinion and think, maybe that is true. Or, you know, or maybe there are elements of that that I do believe. Or even, like, in the most... You know, maybe if you don't agree with them, it's just like, well, that person's opinion's Mm. valid and they're allowed to have that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, like, little things that I've learned, you know, I have people contact me all the time and I'm a small business. I, The way fashion works, um, like, grading and all that works is it's the same for sizes 6 to 14 and I haven't been able to get into the 16-plus range just because you have to change your whole pattern making. And, really? Yeah, it's not the same. Wow. Yes. That so, explains a lot. I didn't know that. I'm glad that you said that. So just let's say that more clearly for the listeners. Okay, so the way when people pattern making grade your points from a size 6 to 12 the rules are the same oh yep. 6 to 14 sorry the rules are the exact same and then from a 16 onwards it changes that explains why a lot of companies separate their plus size yeah, in yeah cuz it's a different pattern it's a like your the body the way the body grows it, from yep. a 14 to a 16 is different, different. in different places so I haven't tapped into that and that's something I really want to do amazing that would be great but um so, you, so you, would had, you distinctly make it a plus size? No, I don't no. think we need a label that plus size. Yeah, I, I like think that. you can just have sizes. But part of what I was talking about was how it – I've had criticism of I'm really tall. I'm not large, but I'm tall. It and needs that, to stretch up. It yeah. needs to be a 16 for me. Do you have that? And, you know, well, yeah. things like that where I never really th- thought people would want immediately – yeah. Now they do, and now I'm like, okay, this needs I need to, to happen change. Now. It, it, it needs to be changed. So I like that. I think little things where you... So that's a goal for this year? Yeah. And that's like a customer-based... sizing, yeah. Customer feedback is important, people right? people coming... Yeah, and you need to listen to them. Like, yeah. You'll get some terrible things, and, you know, I haven't, luckily, but I've worked in customer service for other people, and it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, you see the worst, <laughs> yeah. but you also see the best of people. But yeah. as well, you know, people are putting their hard-earned money I, in I you. get it too. Yeah, so especially you, when it's a big investment yeah. of an expensive piece. So you need to deliver and you need to be able to meet that person's standard, whether it's really unrealistic. Sorry about that jumble. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, if it is unrealistic, you know, there will be those. But try your best. Yeah, try your hardest. But, listen yeah. to people, listen to feedback. Mm, I think that's yeah. so important. But, yeah, that's one of the... Actually, I've had maybe four or five people say that, so I think that's probably one of the big, biggest um, customer feedbacks that I've had and I really want to work on. And, yeah, that's just awesome. from a personal side of feedback. No, I get you. That's, yeah. that's, that's awesome. That's yeah. great. So your big goals for this year, tell me tell me some of them. So you've got diverse sizing, opening, tapping mm-hmm. into the, you know, the I'm going to say this quote-unquote plus-size market. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're not going to label as that, but tapping into that getting into those kind of patterns. You're going to LA, you're doing LA Fashion Week, and you're going to start looking at men's. What else have you got on your agenda for 2020? Start of the new decade. It's huge. I know. It's crazy. 2020. Um, There's a lot on. Um, Maybe the Melbourne Fashion Festival. So that's a possibility. It's in talks. Um, Pretty much we would do that. We would... Come back to Sydney <laughs> for a day, <laughs> repack the bags, and head to um, Los Angeles. Amazing, crazy and year, but you've crazy. got to, you can't complain, right? Yeah, you, you got to look at it as I'd rather be crazy busy than not have anything yeah. on the agenda. Yeah, and then um, try and get in with a few of the big boxes there, even. Like, it doesn't need to And if it doesn't happen this year, give it a punt next year. You know what I mean? Yeah. You get knocked down, you get back up again. You have to keep going. Just because it wasn't right this time, that's it. Like, timing's everything. It doesn't mean you – it doesn't mean the first time they say no that you take that. You you come back and you come back. Yeah. I've done some crazy stuff lately. Like, I just started – I've, like, emailed everyone from David Jones. (laughs) And then I got the address of their buying office. Send them Yes. Yes, girl. Like, oh my god. Oh my god! I remember, I sent, I sent, I sent Vogue Australia one of my articles. Never got published. But you know what? At least I know that, like, it, I sent they it. They know my name, and they're, they're like, gonna be like this girl. <laughs> but see, uh, well, that's how I got in Vogue Australia. I kept ringing, kept ringing, kept yeah. ringing. Guys, was, do it. Like, honestly, resilience like, pays off. 
we do not have any space for you. You're too small. And I was like, keep going. But next week, maybe it won't be like that. Yeah, 100%. You never know what's so, going like, to happen. So, like, you're showing me very clearly how, how like, hands-on you are with your business. And I have to ask, like, how how, – because it is your baby and it is your small business, how involved are you? Like, are are you out there, like, attaching accessories? Are you putting swing tags on? Like, how how hands-on are you with your brand? Everything. And do you see the longevity in that? Will you always be like that? I think I will always be like that. I think one of the people I've learnt most from is um, Peter Alexander. I have had the opportunity to meet him. Bless. Everybody's little doggies. I've, I've met the whole team. I think they're so <laughs> incredible and I think he's incredible because he is hands-on. I um, He would look at prints personally, choose the prints. Like every print you see, he's picked. Like I kid you not. And I think that showed me as someone so successful with a million stores. Oh, yeah, stores, incredibly, incredibly successful. You know, I think... He's like a he, massive Australian success yeah, story. He, Great business model. He's shown that, you know, I'm. it's still my name on the door. So until the name changes, I don't stop. And I, I like think that. that. I had one of my friends as a designer and he said to me at design school, they warned designers, if you name the label after yourself, be, please know that one day someone might buy it off you and you well, have no control and I your name's out there. want to right. lose my name. And that's what I wanted to ask you, actually. Mm. What is the story behind the name, Georgie, Georgie Swims? Georgie Swims. It's kind of... Uh, Scrabble kind of thing. It's yeah, comes from my sister Georgia. I didn't want to name it after me because lots of designers have lost their names. The big Australian designers, yeah. big American designers, big European designers. Oh yeah, look at Karen Millen. I worked with Karen Millen yeah. for years, by the way. And um, I remember when I first started working there, I was like, oh, so does Karen Millen still like do the designs? Uh, no, she left many many years ago. In yeah. fact, we're owned by a corporation. Yeah. Well, Donna Karan. Yep. Um, and look it at the detriment the, she causes to her own brand still. Do you know um, Kit, um, Kit Will, Willow Kit? Will, Kit yeah. yeah. So she, X, I worked yeah. for her back in the day, like ages ago, and um, she'd just been kicked out of Willow. And it was, an aw- it was awful. I remember being an intern there whilst it was all going down and just it really – kicks people to the curb yeah, even right. the big names and then she started kid x which was her comeback so then she like had the potential to lose both <laughs> yeah wow so, yeah. so she still kept her name in it even after that yeah so that was a big big thing so it was named um, after your sister and and so my sister isn't a huge swimmer she isn't she kind of goes knee deep and that's about it and I wanted to play on that and that's I wanted Georgie to play swims. on the fact that I love to swim and you know being brought up I was born in Fiji I think that needed to be incorporated like beach beach girl from day one yeah you're an island girl yeah so I wanted to incorporate a lot of things into it without being so obvious yeah (laughs) you know what I I mean that's cute because it looks luxe it looks chic Georgie swims the way it's you know in font but that's a really cute little story it's like a little tongue-in-cheek joke at your sister Georgie swims you know you get into your knees yeah so that was kind of it I love that that's super sweet yeah something a bit different that's cute so tell me a bit about being born in Fiji that's awesome has that influenced like your like you said like your desire to create swimwear oh my gosh I'm sorry guys my phone's on silent (laughs) Um, I don't, I don't know. I actually hated doing swimwear when I was in college. I did yeah. a swim, um, part, I don't know, a few units in swimwear and it sucked. <laughs> I was terrible at it, but it included prints. I was great at the print. Like I hand drew the print, hand painted it, but, um, the swimwear part wasn't my forte. Wasn't your thing. And, um. So you kind of challenge yourself and making yourself do what you never wanted to do. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like swimwear is not my like suiting, I'm great at. I can make you a jacket. That's. <laughs> I feel like it's so precise. Too. Yeah, and I will sit there. Whereas <laughs> like, this challenges you because it's not precise. No, it's not, and you know it's got so much stretch in it that yeah. it, it changes. Everything changes, so you've got to account for that stretch. Yeah, yeah. you do. And Actually, that's so true. I have, you know, we're talking about those minuscule bikini bottoms. Mm-hmm. I have one of those like new ones that are on trend at the moment, where it looks like it's been gathered at the front and back, mm-hmm. like um, on a drawstring. Mm-hmm. It is. It's small and. Mm-hmm. It wasn't cheap. It was born from like a born bought from like a you know legit good quality. Yeah. It is stretched. Like I could pull my I could pull the strings over my shoulders. <laughs> like oh, wow. yeah, it's not cute. It's not cute. 
Yeah. Maybe it could be a mankini. It, I, it literally <laughs> looks like um, I could wear it as Borat's me. I'm not kidding. That's how stretchy it's oh gotten. My, my brother calls it a loincloth. Like, that's where we've gotten with it. Yeah. So stretch needs to be accounted for. Yeah. So you're right. That is that is tricky. Lots of things. Stretch, sag. Yeah. Like, you need to test your product. I swear, this is only a week old, too. <laughs> like, it's shameful. Yeah. Sag, oh, you go to the beach and you see it and you're like, oh god, she's got a saggy bum. But it's not even her fault, the poor know, girl. It's like, not, it's like, it is so dis- not, that was on you, designer. Yeah, yeah. It's so like that, swim's actually hard, eh? It is, it's very hard. We have hard. a lot, um, SBF, my products are all SBF oh, yes. 50, so a UPF in fabric. In fabric, yeah, but, it's um, especially in Australia, yeah, like in our current you need it. heat. Yeah. You need it. And um, yeah, uh, minimize risk. I get because, you. Because, yeah, it, it comes back. I like that. That's yes. good. Well, I feel safe in my, my Georgie Swim swimsuit now that I won't have a mankini. <laughs> or a saggy bum. I won't have a saggy bum. Yeah, it's go. all going to be held up in there. Nice. <laughs> Wonderful. That's great. Yeah. I love that. Um, so you've kind of been like giving us a good overview of what it's like to have a sustainable fashion startup. Yeah. And I have to ask, like you are very young and I just want everyone to know you're in your early 20s, uh, very, yes. very early 20s. And you have started this startup. You have admitted that, you know, you worked hard to save the money for it and you have had the support of your family. Um, what has just, just so everyone can kind of get a good idea. What has the career like pathway been to get here? Cause mm. I want to emphasize, like we've talked about that overnight success is not a real thing, yeah. that it takes years of hard work. So this overnight success of starting your own label, which is a success. Starting your own label is a huge thing. Yeah. And that is like Even a if it big fails, milestone. You've, you've done that out. huge it's- success, but how did you get, from you know starting in fashion to here what what did it take what was that pathway like it was huge um i left school at 15 so it's really early yeah Yeah. nothing wrong with that as long as you know i i'm look i'm big on education i think staying in school for as long as possible it can only benefit you a hundred percent like it's not for everyone so i just want to preface that by saying it's not for everyone and and follow your dream follow your passion follow your truth so go on sorry no no i think if you can study study Mm. i couldn't i was sick at the time yeah i it school it just yeah i had an eating disorder i was really sick i'm sorry to hear that that's all right i um yeah i couldn't focus in school i just hated being yeah i understand that i hated it and And those factors come in i think if i stayed in school it would have killed me yeah i think that's the reality you do what you have to do survive so I did work experience mm-hmm. in my final year at school at Sea Folly. Amazing. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Funnily enough, Sea Folly. <laughs> That's Swimwear, where it started. Probably. And um, I was, I had this amazing, like, lady take me under a wing. Her name was Denise. Don't think she's there anymore, but um, she really, like, I don't know what, she just went out of her way to teach me made, and, like, yeah, really and helped me. And just little things Impact, like, um, yeah, I started off in, um, like, the sewing room where they'd do all the samples on site back then. So we – and then I think one day their fit model couldn't come in and I was, like, stick and bone. Like, there wasn't anything to me. And they were like, do you mind trying it on? So then I became their fit model. <laughs> literally, I did. You did everything. It's such a creative process, then, right? You literally have a finger in every pie. Yeah, and then I, I was, like, 15 at the time. So, um, yeah, I, I learned how to fit clothing. Yeah, because you had to wear it yourself. Because yeah. it was on me and I had people pinching at me. and I like that. That's Grabbing cool. me at all. Like, you know, you're pretty well nude, aren't you? Oh, I know. I've been a bit yeah. model, yeah. yeah. So you, you, it's so hands-on. And then so that taught me quite a bit. And then I stayed there longer than my um, actual. Internship, yeah. yeah, so I stayed there for maybe a month bit longer than that my school approved that I can do that um and then I supportive school that's good it was well it was it it was school (laughs) I'm not gonna say it was the best school but it was school like they did some good things um then I went to a college I, I got knocked back from like 30 colleges that had design like that's no joke to design schools yeah I just I knew like that was something I was passionate about. I didn't know where it would take me, but my mum was like, if that's if you what like you want to do yeah. it, I'm Good not going to pay for you to go to a private school and not turn up. <laughs> so, yeah. Go mum. That's supportive too. I tried all these colleges. No, you're too young. Like, 
yeah, they were literally like, are you serious? <laughs> like, you think you can keep up? And I was like, I know I can you were keep ready, up. <laughs> you were ready to go when you were young. Yeah. I get that. I was like that too. So I, anyway, I stumbled upon this one college and um, they were like, well, you're, you will be the youngest student we've ever had. Like, you know, you'll need notes for everything. We will have to change stuff for you because you were so young. Like, their oldest was like, our youngest was 18. Yeah, it's Yeah, and then their oldest was like 35. Yeah. So I, and they're like, but if you can prove yourself, if you can pass all the exams, if you can get in, then, then we don't have a problem with it, but you're just gonna, if you don't show up, you're out pretty much. And, you, you know. Yeah. And I did, I showed up. I worked my ass off. I didn't have any special concession because I was young. They worked me harder, <laughs> I feel. They wanted me to prove myself and yeah you did I did so when you finished at the college and you yeah. got your diploma in design is diploma of design yeah, um, yeah. What, what was the first job you took well I was lucky I went over to Paris I worked with the LVMH group amazing so I was just interned there yeah. um learned how to hand stitch in a line for hours which is a very very useful hours skill hours and hours and my fingers were bleeding anyway did that um, came home. Oh, I did internships with Carla Zampatti. They were across the road from college. Um, so you I, were hustling while you were, I, while you were working yeah, at college? Yeah, I took off. I was working um, casually or part-time. I worked at a chemist. I um, did, like, the prescription boxes, you know, Monday, Tuesday. Webster Pack! Yes. I did a Webster Pack. I love the girl who does mine. So, yay! Yes, you are I very valid. girls. Thank you. From the bottom of my heart, you keep me accountable for my meds every day. Yeah. Old people loved me. Oh, yes. Like me, I, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that I did that. I had to support myself and, you know, you have to have a life. Yeah. So I did that. I interned for three years for free whilst at college. Um, and then I got a job at the Iconic. And that ah! kind of... Yes, this is when I actually met you. Yeah, yeah, that kind of helped take everything off. You it, also um, get to see the business side as well. Like well, less, less of the practical design yeah. side and like you've obviously built the skills that you needed in design all the background skills and now you yeah. get to see how to run the business side well yeah they're not a design based company no they're not, yeah they're, they buy and you know they buy prints and then and they, they mash it up all together and then they buy from other companies yeah and, you know use that as like a third party kind of platform for other companies so um i got a job there and that really taught me a lot about fashion business yeah that's great and you know i i didn't want to study fashion business because i i wanted to learn practical i, I never wanted just to be a buyer i not that you there's anything wrong with that. yeah no of I, course it wasn't for you though. Yeah, yeah no i i wanted to build something from ground up product you ground to be up. Yours. Yeah. yeah so um that taught me everything it taught me how to manage a timeline from you know, receive the product, have it photoshot, have it online within a three day. Like they, they don't muck around there. It's yeah, three day. Yeah, well, all machine. Yeah, it yeah. is. And they were growing at that point. They went from they just moved into their city office, and then they had just moved out of their tiny office in Surrey Hill. So it was like starting to boom. It was, right. Yeah. So there was things that weren't right. There was like they were learning as well as growing. So seeing a Did that big work? company. Did watch them do that gave yeah. you kind of hope, right? Well, not just hope. It showed you that. It could be done. Yeah. and that Sorry, I didn't mean hope. I meant like um, like it, it, it showed you that even the big guys doing this. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's evolving with time. Everyone, they grow, they scale up. And we, ho- we should hope so. Yeah, and I guess yeah. it's brands that do do that that don't become redundant. Cough, cough, Victoria's Secret. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that such that was such a um, clicking point in my brain of, you know, even the big guys, even the CEOs are sitting down in meetings with everyone and listening, like to listen. Sounds like a good business model. Yeah, to Explains sit why they've been so and successful. listen to what people are saying because, you know, I guess at, I'm at ground zero. So yeah, I, yeah. I have to know everything. I have to know where every dollar is going. I have but we to always know. suspect that, like, up, the upper management doesn't. So it's yeah. good to hear that they did. So. That was such a cool thing to see. To so did that influence you 
influence who you think to be super hands-on in your business? I think so. I think I'm you a hands-on person as well. Yeah. And I think I, I don't want to lose control. And not that I'm a control freak and no, I'm going to be a hovering manager. But you, are, you, should, but you are accountable for it. Yeah, and you need to know what's happening. And, and whether you're hands-on or not, you're still accountable for it. So it's very yeah. safer to be more hands-on. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, wow. So it went from the iconic and then one day you were just like, we're done here. I am launching Jodie Swims. No, so I got another. I did a few jobs. Um, I worked as a production. It was supposed to be a production assistant. And then like four people quit like the first week I turned up. Wow. So then I became the production manager. Oh, my and gosh. And the social media manager. And, and then they wanted to launch this new brand. So I became that designer and production manager. And I was like... Working like crazy. Working like a dog. So I I was like... I'm well, this is the thing, guys, in the creative fields, literally, for those who aren't in creative fields, you literally become a jack of all trades. You wear a hat that covers a thousand different job titles. 100%. Yeah, and then you're not paid for all of them. You're paid for no, like, no. the, one, brand, the one, one blanket term you have. Yeah, that's probably like the least while amount. While you've also been like, <laughs> working for free for the past five years yeah. while studying. Yeah. yeah. And... Look, I believe in interning. I do. I know it Me sucks. Me too. I do too. That I think like, that you we, like, but we I get think it. That while you're at uni, maybe like there's got to be. I mean, there has to be some kind of stipend. You can't like abuse them either. Like I, I oh, interned. Yeah. At, I in one of the first galleries I ever interned at. So while I was at uni, I was doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Like I was saying, creative fields. Like I was. I wanted to be an art curator, and yeah. I, I, you know, I am now. And. In the early days, I was intern- interning at, like, galleries in Sydney and, and all that kind of stuff, university galleries. I remember I had one boss who, like, kept us to a, like, strict roster and would abuse us if we didn't turn up to a shift. Oh and it's like, we're God. here for free. Like, yeah. we're not – like, if we cancelled a shift because we had to go to work or something, we'd get in a lot of trouble, like, screamed oh, at. And I was like, geez, Like, I have would have no – Yeah, I'd have no yeah. issue coming here and working for free and get my – like, learn what I've got to do in yeah. the gallery from, like, you as my mentor. But please don't abuse me when I have to go and pay my rent. Yeah, that is you know? so unnecessary. And I think that's when it becomes an issue when, yeah. like, I'm happy to do these things while I'm studying, but, like, please understand that it's a volunteer role. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I 100% agree. I was very lucky in my internships. I was well looked after. I'd have, like, the bosses buy me lunch and coffee. So, <laughs> Look, I was happy to I turn I love that. Up. That's good, though. That's, it's yeah. just showing the people that are working yeah. for you in whatever capacity that you care about them. And you I did appreciate have it. one bad experience, and I didn't go back because I was asked to wash their dishes and, like, hell. Oh, I got that, yeah. <laughs> I got patted on the head by a former gallery director. Oh, God. She, um, berated, oh she berated me for, for eating cookies and told me that I can't eat that many cookies. And I was like, just watch me. But I was, like, young, and I was like, ow, that hurt my self-esteem. And then she... <laughs> Patted me on the head and called me all, a good girl. All over cookies. Yeah. Patted um, me on the head and called me a good girl. I'm right. There was nothing I could do as well. I like I reported it to somebody like who I knew higher up within it, but nothing was done. And like this commonly happens, and I just want people to know out there, like if someone does pat you on the head and you're in a volunteer role, no matter if you're being paid or what, that is just patronizing and it's not your fault. And I blame myself. I went, maybe like it's my fault that I was like no. Maybe, like, I I don't know, I blame myself for all these kind of crappy management behavior. And it's just, like, at the end of the day, like, when you're young and interning, I just want you guys to know when you go out there into the real world, like, mm. the people you meet when you're interning are going to be the same people you meet when you're working. And just know your integrity and don't tolerate that kind of behavior. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Call it out. Because I watched a lot of girls go into that gallery after me and, like, don't get suffer. No, I watched them suffer because yeah. we had a tyrant and no one talked about it. And, like... I'm well, not going to name names. Nothing. And this was when I was interning. I wasn't working. So if anyone's going to try and draw links between my last workplace, my last official, like, workplace, it's not that place. It's, it's, a, long, it's a long time ago. But, yeah, and I watched, like, no one talk about it. And I was like, all these girls are going in here suffering, thinking mm. it's them, and no one's no one's voicing it. Yeah. yeah. No, I 100% agree. So that was just a really, like, big tangent. But I'm passionate about that. Because I agree. I do believe in interning, but I believe in also respecting your interns. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're still working. Like, yeah. you know, they're still a worker. In you fact, know, they're working harder than because them. they're paying because they're not being paid for it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Look after them. Look after everyone. That's it. So then, then after – so sorry. Big, big sidetrack. Yeah, that's so fine. after that, like, uh, after you working like a dog, this is what when it transitioned into you starting up. Well, oh, I worked for this one lady, and it was, like, my breaking point. It was... Right. You were sick of working with someone else? No, it wasn't even that. I was sick of being... I'm so young, and I think it's fine. Everyone loves it until they find out my age. Yeah, Because I'm, right. I'm good at what Isn't I do. It's not a strange thing? We have I'm such really a strange good at what I do. mentality in this country and about I'm aging population. And I'm not trying to, like, 
put myself on a pedestal yeah. and I'm so great. But like, you know, I've worked hard. I haven't quit. I'm still here. Lots of people quit in the industry because it is a hard, it's ruthless. But, you know, I have always turned up. I've tried my best. And then just some people, when they find out about my age, it's like. It's on them though. That's their own yeah, insecurity. Yeah. 100%. But I was working for this one lady and um, it was awful. She just took a, um, advantage of me. And, you know, I would. because yeah, you're young. I would fly. Hardworking, yeah. From Sydney to Melbourne, stay there for the day, come back, fly to Adelaide. And these are like your first flight out, your f- last flight back, your first flight back. Like it's, so, you know, those are huge days. Oh, my god! And then there was one day where I was just so sick. I was so sick in Melbourne and I had to cancel a meeting with like Myers or something. I, like I was lying in the car vomiting and I was like, I just can't do this today. I need to go and lie down somewhere. And I cancelled it and I went to the airport and I just laid down and slept until my wow. flight. And I was like abused for that. No. And I was like, you know what? I don't deserve this. And then there was another incident that happened where she went away and I was in charge and um, – there was a collection that needed to be shown and then everyone was like chopping and changing their appointments and then I had to cancel one appointment she'd made even though she wasn't in the country and then it was such a huge deal and I was like so what am I like what am I doing what what am I I doing like you know you paid me for this role she barely even paid me she's like still hasn't paid um you paid me for this (laughs) role and um I've got no you say I've got control and then it's... I have none. And then, and then I get I'm abused wrong. for it. Yeah. yeah. And then I was like, if she can do it... If she, if she can... This woman can run a business. Literally, it was kind yeah. of that ticking moment <laughs> in my brain where I was like, if she is making profit... I can do this and do it ethically. And still treating me like shit, why can't I do it? Like, and like not treat her like not, this, yeah. And you don't need to treat people like shit. It was just like... No way. And it literally, like, it did break me because I was so upset because I'd worked hard. I'd bought her huge contacts, like the iconic. Mm. I'd bought her into all these huge places and she ruined the relationships. Oh, and that looked bad on me And it too. just tarnished my name and, you know, it was embarrassing and I was like... Why am I, yeah. Why am I putting myself through this when I could do it myself yeah I remember the best advice I ever got from my um my cousin's the CFO of Qantas mm. hey Pete you're probably never going to be listening to this <laughs> um he literally said when I graduated uni like biggest advice in business is you win more honey with bee oh my you, god <laughs> you win I just like George W. Bush that you get more Honey with bees, and you do with vinegar, or the other way you around. Get more bees with honey than yeah, yeah, yeah. You no, know, my yeah. dad says that all the yeah. time. Yeah, and I just like I bundled that up. Then, guys, I'm so sorry, but like you know what I mean, and it's the truth. Just be nice. Like, how hard is it? You don't have to be a dickhead to get ahead. Yeah. Like, that's just not how this works. Like, be kind, support one another. You know, be nice to the people that help you. Yeah. Treat people with respect and dignity. How and, you would like to be treated. And people understand that as a small business, not everything's possible. You know, you may go, oh, Just I be had graceful and like yeah, yeah your delivery. Like, there's one company I was working with. You know, there was a ten thousand dollar payment that needed to be made all of a sudden. Yeah, and they were like, and anyway, it came up, and I was like having a panic. I don't attack. have this. Yeah, and like not, I had the money, but I was like, oh my god. Like, if I give all that, like, you know. It's gone. It's gone. And I, and then they just turned around and went, it's all right. Like, we'll just, Parent you know, planet. we'll, and Bless. things like that. Even that's just the mental, the mental hurdle of giving away that much money is scary. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's huge. Yeah. And, it's you a know. Huge, it's a huge risk. They turned around and had grace. They were understanding. I, yeah, and I think. Just show people some grace. Show them the some way. understanding. Put yourselves like, in their shoes. It's not that hard. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think that gets you far. And people go, when you're real with others, they turn around and go, you know what? It's, I get it. I've been there. Yeah, we're all just trying to get ahead. We're all just trying to trying to keep, trying to best. Keep going. Just keep on keeping on. That's it. Yeah. So yeah. I think yeah. Just remember all the all the parts where people have helped you out. That's it. And, and yeah, yeah, be graceful. I love that. That's such a good, like, parting message because we do have to wrap up now. Oh, yeah. Um, We've been having a yarn for quite a while. (laughs) 
and I don't want to schlep the view- listeners through like two hours of us just like <laughs> shit talking because it will head that way guys it no, really will because we will. just don't stop like um so yeah it's a good that's a good like note to finish on that like the big the most important thing is is be kind to one another be kind to you know the people have helped you and help them back and yeah mm. I like that so I guess I want to sum this up with one last little thing and if there's anything you desperately want our listeners to know or be aware of or conscious of or something that's at the root of Georgie Swims that mm. you want our listeners to hear and, and be responsive to, what is that? This is your chance. Oh, Lay it out for there's them. There's so much, so much. I know, right? Um, I think that Georgie Swims is made for everyone and that is my heart as well. My heart is to see other people feel confident in themselves and, yeah, if I can help in some way and make you feel empowered, that would be great. <laughs> Spreading love and empowerment. Yes. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it's been so good having a chat, having a gab. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been awesome. No, it's been, it's been my pleasure. Um, so thanks, guys. Um, thanks for listening, and I hope you had a good time. And until next time, peace. Bye. Bye. Bye.